This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you know you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, unlike the Owls, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So there's only one thing left to say. What's everybody having? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means you'll get some tasty rewards later on. And between you and me, if you order just before kickoff, you can get it just in time for half time. But I've not told you that. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery free and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. See you later. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hello, good evening and welcome to another episode of the Wednesday Week. This weekend sees our first game of the season against newly managerless Bristol City with Sheffield Wednesday legend Nigel Pearson leaving the club after about, I think it's about two and a half years. Joining me tonight, I've got former Bristol City blogger and owner of the moniker Southampton's most famous live-in Bristolian. And now resident of Canada just outside of Toronto, it's what's known as the voice of the West Country, Mr. Dan Waters in... I'm really proud of that. that. <laughs> Very impressed with the production value. Yeah, we're not messing around, mate. It's been a long time since we've had you on the show. I think it's been about eight years, hasn't it? God, it's been a while, yeah. So, uh, how's it? Uh, how's it? Canada side? How is it in the uh, in the north? Have you seen a moose yet? Uh, no meese in Ontario. Well, not this <laughs> this part of Ontario. Uh, it's getting colder. It's definitely getting is colder. It, is yeah. it? Uh, is it what Northerners refer to as big coat weather? It is definitely big coat weather. Not the biggest coat weather yet, though. It oh, gets, what does it get, they get like? bigger. I mean, I, I was going like, to say, what does it get minus like? 20, it 25. Just, why would you even go there? That's absolutely mental. I have I have zero answer for that, mate. Zero <laughs> answer. So, um, listen, Dan, we, we've got you on because the... Um, the Bristol City podcast that's uh, that's still going gave us the uh, gave us the cold shoulder. So I thought I'd uh, reach delve into the black book and get you on, and we can talk about uh, talk about Bristol City. Now um, I'm going to start early because obviously I mentioned it in the in the intro. 
Uh, Nigel Pearson's not long since left. It's going to be your first game without him. But I, I just need to read something because I found this like genuinely lovely. And it's uh, Pearson's um, departure note on uh, on what's now known as X. And it says, Dear Bristol City family, I'd like to thank you for the fans, for the patience during the difficult period when COVID and changes have tested your resolve. I've been made so welcome in Bristol and the beautiful county of North Somerset, a place I simply adore. And then it goes on for about another four or five tweets talking about what a what an amazing time he's had in, you know, you and I have been out for a few beers in the, in that part of the country and it is amazing. But there was a few responses to it that um, that were quite sad to see him go. Now, you and I obviously have spoke over the years since, since Pearson's taken charge. And I was under the impression it was a little bit moribund, as it were. Well, I think... He was certainly the most popular um, manager we've had for a long while. I think even mm. even Steve Cottrell was a little bit more divisive. It seems like most of the fans were were well behind him and were mm. and from from day one. Now I have my own kind of problems with with Nigel Pearson. I certainly don't think he deserved what happened this week, and I and a hundred percent think that the the statement they put out was disingenuous to say the least. Uh, oh, to say that it was results, but oh, 100 percent. To say that it was results, results based. Um, you know, mentioned promotion. Like, come on, you, you can't, you can't sell your best player for 25 million quid, and and not spend any of it, and say so you yeah. want to get promotion. Was was Alex Scott always going to go? Absolutely. Could we have invested some of that money? 100 percent, and we should have done. Um, and I, I think so. To say that it was results based just isn't the reality of the situation. Well, I, I, you know, we've we've spoken before, you and I, about about your chairman and the legacy that is building up around Bristol sport in general, uh, especially around Ashton Gate, and it's it, it you know it's made it's left Rovers in the dirt, as it were, and it, and it's you know it's impressive. I mean, we've all seen the meme of the people cheering in that in that pizza bar that we've been in, it, screaming at the big screen for England and stuff like that. It's it, you oh, know, it's yeah, it's be- it's become quite a, a huge part of of the city itself as as the club, um, but some of the comments that were on the back of uh, Pearson's resignation letter, as it were, or or his as you say disingenuous letter to the fans, um, a, a few were sad to see him go, saying that it was a tumultuous time for Bristol City. So I'm just going to one one thing. I, when I was talking about the statement, I meant uh, the statement that came from the club rather than. Oh Pearson. right, oh, Pearson's, I, Pearson's, I thought was definitely was definitely um, you know what he feels. I think you know mm-hmm. North Somerset not isn't where Bristol is, but uh, yep. that's where he lives. Um, <laughs> so, and I think you know it's it's hard not to fall in love with that part of the world um, mm-hmm. when when you're there. So that I, I 100% think he was he was you know that that was from the heart. Um, it was it was the club statement that was that was the one that uh, really kind of got to me and and a lot of a lot of other city fans. Oh, really? So you don't think he he got many friends at the club? Because I mean, you know, Pearson is renowned for being a bit straight talking, as as Wednesday mm-hmm. fans will know. I mean, do you feel like it? You know, there's been a bit of pushback on not spending the Alex Scott money. I think it's less that. I think it was more his personal situation. I obviously mm-hmm. would have. I'm sure he would have loved to have some of the. 25 million pounds that we 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 got for Alex Scott but it was more you know he mentioned a few times that he was out of contract in the summer and there had been no talks um and I think he felt he deserved to be in those um in the, in the position where he should be offered something whether it be mm. on increased terms or I think just the the length of time would would have been the key thing for him um 
he, in terms of what he's done for the club, I, I don't think you can dispute that he did deserve to go on and, and potentially get a new contract. You know, on the field, things are a mixed bag, but they're stable at the very least. Um, you know, he, he was there when our former CEO departed for Ipswich. Um, I'm sure Ipswich fans are absolutely loving him right now. Yeah, he's done a right old job there, hasn't he? Wait until, wait until it gets... Uh, wait until the decline happens. Like it's all rainbows and butterflies now, um, and you, you, I'm sure. I know I don't look at him, which is stuff, but I'm sure he is everywhere. When the going gets tough, you won't find him. You won't find him for interviews. You won't. He, you know, he wants to be the club. Um, mm-hmm. And Pearson was there for that. Was you know at the back end of it at least, and was you know instrumental in kind of picking the club up and you know having the academy be at the forefront of everything that we do. Um, so yeah, he's, he, he, he brought stability and yet hasn't been rewarded for it. Interesting. Cause I, I, I honestly, I must admit it, it came out of, cause like I said, I, you know, my, my knowledge of Bristol city come, comes a lot from yourself, you know, talking back and forth about, about the championship and stuff like that. And I know he had a bit of a, well, how would you put the, the start very much kind of industrial as it were very. Yeah. It was uninspired. In, mm-hmm. It was very uninspired. I, I I thought one of my issues with with Nigel Pearson is I think sometimes he he is too blunt at times mm. when he could potentially be a little bit more positive around things. That's not to say that you know you shouldn't tell how it is and you shouldn't be realistic, but mm. I think for me there were there was a time where he was talking about. Um, as conceding goals too easily and being unorganised. And my first mm. response to that is, well, that's your job, pal. <laughs> your job is to organise them. And, and for me, that's kind of lowest common denominator stuff. You're, that's yeah. not you, you know, that's you picking up a, a group of 20, 25 lads and saying, right, we, we right now we might not be able to necessarily play the way I want to play. So right now mm. we're going to be organised. We're going to be tough to beat. We're going to be... Um, you know, we're not going to ship easy goals from set pieces. None of that happened. So for him to then go on on six-minute rants on BBC Radio Bristol, where he's irritated, which is his favourite word, that to me was irritating. I'm like, that's, <laughs> you know, that's your your job is to do that. Ultimately, the players go out on the pitch and they, they deliver or not deliver. But mm. if you've given them instructions that are clear, concise, that they can get on board with, that they can buy into... I feel like those things get cut out and you can build from there. Mm-hmm. So in terms of going forward then, have, have, what names have you had in the mix? Have you had the same old shit that, that comes out <laughs> every year, go round and round? Has Gary Megson been mentioned? Because Gary Megson mentioned has not been mentioned. Time. Thank God. <laughs> I think, I feel like he only gets mentioned with clubs that he played for or has yeah. managed. Luckily we're not one yeah. of those. Um, yeah. Honestly, it's just an uninspiring list. And the thing for me is if you're going to, dip into the championship managerial merry-go-round, mm-hmm. we probably had the best one. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. we probably had one of what of the elite names of those who can can manage in the championship. Oh, I was jealous as shit when you got him. I was because <laughs> we had Gary Monk at the time and I was like, oh because uh, ironically, he might end up at your gaff actually. Is he, he seems to be in that type of ilk, as, I it, as it were. Well, I, I, I wouldn't I guess, put that on you, mate. I guess the list of people that I don't want is a much lengthier one than the list of names that I would I would be happy with. I think there, 
you, that it's kind of in vogue right now. And I think Wednesday have gone down the same route of finding, uh, you know, early 30s European mm. manager or, or head coach who has, mm. you know, had some, has worked for some big names and presumably soaked up all they can from, from those individuals. And it doesn't always work. No. But then it also doesn't always work getting somebody who's got two or three promotions from, from the championship or well, has put on the that, premiership. Well, this is it. One name that sticks out is probably Chris Wilder, who's probably on that, who, who you'd say is on that merry-go-round. And his name gets mentioned a lot, obviously, with Sheffield United because of the success he had there. And given Sheffield United's... Um, you know, lack of prowess in the in the Premier League. I mean, he he's one of those no nonsense managers who wants to be the manager as opposed to the head coach, that type of thing. Do you do you feel like yeah. that might be a step forward, or or would or would you prefer to look at early thirties European manager who's just going to concentrate on the football? Well, it's funny you should say the distinction between head coach and manager because the club have been very clear in saying that they want a head coach, even in the the statement on the website when Pearson left. It mm-hmm. identified Nigel Pearson as the manager and then said the search for a head coach will begin. Um, so with, with Chris Wilder, I think that something like that rules him out immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, like I feel like the club have backed themselves into a corner a little bit because you've got John Lansdowne, who is intensely unpopular. Um, you know, the kind of Nepo baby chairman that... You know, should a chairman don't bring your don't bring your chairman woes here, Mister Bristol. Here, <laughs> well, <laughs> <laughs> but should your qualification for a chairmanship be that you were sired by the owner? Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, it should not. It should that you know you should have qualifications. You know, being around the club since you were a kid, it ain't it. Um, no. But that he's. And he's not he's not an impressive man either, to be honest. He did once hold a door open for me though, so he's polite at the very least. So so jot um, that down. Yeah, so I mean, you know. <laughs> what more do you want? Um <laughs> but he he has come out and said we want to attack, we want to be on the front on the front foot, we want to press. And then mm. Brian Tinian, our newly appointed technical director, who's been around the club for years, um, failed as a manager with us, parroted the same thing. And the first thing I thought to myself is Okay, when you interview people now, what do you think they're going to say? They're going to sit across the table from me and go, right, well, I want to play on the front foot. We're going to play attacking football. We're going to press. Ain't that, ain't that simple? I don't know if you're allowed to drop F-bombs, but I nearly did then. Um, <laughs> I, I, honestly, like, I, I, not... I feel like there's, there's probably uh, the comments that I get on YouTube are very much about the language I use, especially from the new sponsors that I've got now. So, you know, I'm, oh, okay. I'm trying to curb cool. it. I'm, I'm trying not to see bomb okay. a lot. The rest, the rest of it seems to be uh, fair game. So you're all right. Okay. Well, I'll do my best for, for your sponsors. <laughs> um, but yeah, like th- there's not going to be any diversity in the in the interview process now it's going to be people who mm-hmm. desperate desperately want a, a you know a, a fairly decent championship job they're going to parrot mm-hmm. what they've heard of it isn't that simple do you do we have the personnel to do that you know can we play the way that everybody wants to play like that everybody wants the kind of clop guardiola win the ball back within eight seconds or whatever it is you know the reality is we're a middling championship side with the players that we've got I would want somebody to come in with a forensic analysis of the players that we've got saying, this is what I want to, this is, you know, the way we're going to play with the t- players we've got. This is what I want to do in the future. This is my three-year, five-year timeline. Safe in the knowledge that most managers don't get to three or five years. Yeah. Um, but you're not going to get that. You're going to get people come in and they'll be like, yeah, great idea. Press. Yeah, let's press. Pressing. You know, whether you can do it or not, 
<laughs> so we just, just like the favorite. The favorite this morning with the bookies was Frank Lampard, which is ain't, isn't happening. It's that that's classic manipulation of of you know by the bookies. Um, yeah. John Eustace is is one of the favorites. I know very very little about him post playing for Coventry in the Premier League about twenty five years ago. Um, uh, Gary Rowett couldn't couldn't tell you the way his teams play. We all know away days are mint, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. Same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now with the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. For more information, see mcdonalds.com. See you later. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club. Because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. I mean, it's, it's just so uninspiring. We've been uh, we've been out of the league for a couple of years, mate. Uh, you know this is this is all new to us. Apparently, John Eustace <laughs> is a really good manager, and then everybody's unhappy that he's gone. And we're like, "What's happening? I don't I don't know what's going on." Right, and he, but he he is kind of when when he got fired, there were a lot of most Bayern fans said wasn't deserved. But on the mm-hmm. flip side, I don't think they were devastated either. Um, right, and this you know this goes back to the kind of owner owner debate they've got new owners tom brady is now involved they want that hollywood they want the wrexham story they want yeah, the they hollywood do. wayne rooney is about as hollywood as it gets in you know for a, a manager who's gonna take a championship job mm-hmm. we've had the same local owners for over 20 years be careful what you wish for like yeah okay <laughs> we fired pearson this week but you know we, we've never been in the premier league bristol's the biggest city in the country never to have a premier league team now mm-hmm. we were in the top flight, but not in the Premier League years. We could easily be in that shopping window for, you know, the the billionaires looking for a vanity project. I don't think there's any mm-hmm. longevity in that. Can you see Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney being Rex and Moners in twenty years? No, I, I I feel like. I feel like it, it, it. It's got you know. It's got a great story behind it, and look at us bringing bringing little old Wrexham to it. But the it, it, the attitude towards them starting to shift a little bit, isn't it? All of a sudden, they're like, "Can you fuck off? Can you just you well, know wait I mean? till they like, start losing? You're ruining it. Well, in it, right? Wait, wait till they'll go to League One. They'll find a, the, the step up probably more difficult than than they thought. And that's not not to say they'll get promotion this year. Mm-hmm. But you know, there's going to be some tough times. And then we'll see if they're in it for the long haul. Now, you know, they seem to be very invested in that community as well, which is great. Tom Brady mm. probably ain't. Uh, it, I think JJ Watt is involved in Burnley. Can't imagine that he's, you know, again, he seems fairly invested on it and as an individual, but he'll probably get bored. I mean, who wants to go to Burnley? <laughs> I was going to say, it's not like they're going to the, to showbiz place. It's not like they're getting like somewhere in London, like, you know, like on the outskirts, like Leighton Orient or somewhere like that to turn it into like a London right. club and stuff like that. No, right. they're going to, 
they're going to Birmingham, who've, who've just been shown their ass for about 20 years now. They're up and down like a pair of kangaroos in the mating season. And bloody Wrexham, that was only famous for that pissed up bloke bootlegger on, on the interwebs. You know, I wonder if they've met. I wonder, I wonder if Mac and Deadpool have, have, have met bootlegger. Can you imagine? And he just pissed himself. Are they lads? You know what I mean? <laughs> but but anyway, anyway yeah, I know exactly what you mean. They watched Sunderland what? Till I Die. Rob Sorry, I lost you there on the audio, Dan. I've, I've lost you on the audio. My apologies. Try again. How did it come about? Can you hear me now? Yep. Um, so Rob McElhenney watched Sunderland Till I Die on Netflix. And that's it? And fell in love with the kind of community element that, because he's from Philadelphia and he felt that that, you know, mm-hmm. that married up quite nicely. Um, I'm veering wildly off topic now. What, yeah, I, what I'm getting right. at was, you know, be careful what you wish for when it comes to, to your owners. Because um, I, don't, I, I don't want you know, there's so many billionaire sports owners in in the US mm-hmm. and it's a totally different beast. Yeah. You can't just say, okay, we're going to, you know, we're going to trade away all our good players, we have some high draft picks. You can't do that because you'll get relegated. Yeah. It's totally and, different. You have to I, keep, them, keep them sustained, you know. My favourite was, uh, I think there was an interview with... Um... With Deadpool, where he kind, where he kind of with, with with beautiful rain, and he goes, uh, "It's so much money." I don't think he understood how much it was. But anyway, right. let's get back to let's get back to Bristol City. Anyway, so tell me how your season's panning out. I mean, it's kind of lower than average, right? I mean, where are you now? Sixteenth, uh, something like that. I think we're I think we're fourteenth. Um, All right, bang average to be honest with you. Which and you wouldn't expect anything else. We've mm. I think the the money that has been invested has been you know, reasonably well invested. Um, mm. But I do think that we have the same issues that we've had for such a long time. Like, I think in my, I've been a city sporter for 28 years now. In that time, I think we've had five or six 20 goal league goal scorers. Mm-hmm. And they've, and all of those, I think are one season each. Right. Um, we don't put the ball in the back of the net on a on the on the in the numbers that you would expect for a side that is looking up. Um and we never seem to address that. Um we got 22 out of Vyman off the wing the other the other year. Um mm-hmm. Naki Wells has been a, a expensive kind of experiment that hasn't really worked. He's in and out of the team. He's not scoring at the rate you would expect of a five million pound striker. Um Bristol but, City but signing I'm, players for five million quid. Did you ever think I, you were gonna see it? No. No. <laughs> I remember you were incredulous that you'd spent a million quid on Lee Trundle when I first met you. You were like, a million quid? <laughs> like that, Great, that was... cr- because, because that's a shit ton of money. Yeah, you yeah. Know, that's such a lot of money for, for a team. And we were, you know, we've we've traditionally spent more more than our revenue just in wages. And then we've mm-hmm. expected um Steve Lansdowne to, to prop the entire thing up. Um it was always going to come to a head. He was always going to decide that he didn't want to do that. But he did it fairly. He didn't just withdraw his money. He invested in the academy and the training facilities. And now yeah, yeah. he's expecting us to churn out players. And in the last five years, that's all we've done. That's that's mm-hmm. our identity is we we take local and localish lads and we turn them into vast profits. Joe Bryan, Bobby Reed, uh, uh, Lloyd Kelly. This morning, I saw Fabrizio Romano tweet about him going to AC Milan. <laughs> who who kids, the fuck is Bristol, Bristol City? 
But listen, talking talking about the upcoming game, I think it was Cardiff. You know, they lost two 0 in what's uh, what's a big fixture for you, isn't it? And um, yeah, and this just, this was, was your this was your starting lineup. Are we are we due to see a similar sort of affair? Um, I mean, it depends on injuries. Uh, the seventeen-year-old uh, James, you, I wouldn't expect him to play too much. Um, mm-hmm. You know, at the start of the season, it was like we were flush with right backs. Um, Kane Wilson moved on, and Rob McCrory, we haven't we haven't seen yet. Um, it will probably be similar. I do think, you know, I did. I just said that we invested money quite well. Actually, looking at that, like Harry Cornick, <laughs> I'm not really sure what that was all about. Um, Mametti was supposed to be the maverick. Um, mm-hmm. He's barely on the pitch, and I think he he's he's the kind of player that you need him to get on the ball. You need him to to do something and get confidence. You need to stick with him through the through the tough times and hope he you know he plays through it. That hasn't happened. Um, is there anybody the there thing, that we should be a bit wary of? Then uh, is it Vyman? No, I wouldn't say he's, he's he's bang out of form. It wasn't great last year either. I think Sam Bell could be could be one of those players that that ends up going for a you know a, a decent amount of money. Um, mm-hmm. The one thing I will say is looking looking at that, you know, you've got Bell from the academy, O'Leary from the academy, Prings from the academy. Um, we've got Tommy Conway yet to come back, Zach Viner still to come back. Both of those are academy players. You know, those are the ones genuinely that we that are our best players, are our most effective players. Um, well, you that, know, that was a makeshift. Nice. That was a makeshift lineup. But it, it's it's nice that you're churning players out though, Dan. I mean that you know mm-hmm. that that. Because uh, we find with you know players such as Liam Palmer that we've got who who's come through the academy system and he's been with us for about thirteen years, you, you have a sense of you know they they belong to you a little bit. Right. But I feel like with you guys, they don't stick around long enough because that's that's essentially what your club is, right? You make them to yeah, we to, sell them to, to Bournemouth. Money off them. <laughs> Twenty five million Bournemouth. quid though, right? I mean, was he that much of a, a loss when you uh, when you when you flogged him on? Alex Scott, oh, mm. what a player. What a player. <laughs> like, probably the best player I've seen in a City shirt. Um, if, put it this way, if Calvin Phillips can play for England, Alex Scott can play for England. And I'm not saying that from a kind of, you know, City tinted glasses. The kid on the ball is just phenomenal. He's just so comfortable. And I think, you know, going up to the Premier League, he he's going to find that there is that, I don't want to say that extra bit of space, but there's not somebody ready to chop you an half in the same way mm-hmm. as there there often is in the championship. Mm-hmm. He's he's an incredible player to watch. He's never going to score 15 goals a season. He's probably not going to chip in with 10, 15 assists either. What he will do is break the lines beautifully. He can put he can play a real pass. Just a great great footballer to watch. So so calm on the ball. He ain't there no more. So well, I'm all right with no. that. I'm, it's, <laughs> no. you know, we had we had Southampton first game of the season, and we're coming up against these players going, shit. And they're like, you, you've got yeah. Ward Prowse there, who I think that you know the following week they turned down a 35 million quid bid for and sold him for 40. That you know to West Ham. The yeah. And you're like, what? What is this? What is this world? And he's been in? great uh, as well. It's and I, I think that shows that shows the levels. The, mm-hmm. You know the difference in levels between. Look at what Leicester are doing. They're, you know the best. They're the best championship team. You know since Newcastle but, in what 2009-10. Like they, you know. I, I, they, yeah, they, I mean, I think they're better than them. They, you know, I, I can't believe they got relegated. To be honest, but yeah, I mean, the the level, the level between even where we're at, site, you know, basically mid table, and somebody and the, the teams genuinely fine for promotion. I think is going to be. Is just going to grow and grow and grow, particularly with parachute payments and all that kind of stuff. Um, okay. but, but the okay. thing is, we 
Well, yeah. But as, as like, you know, Midland and lower table teams in the championship, we do have a fair few teams that we can look at and say, well, they haven't chucked money at it. Teams, mm-hmm. you know, Luton being the key example, how sustainable that is, is debatable. But, you know, Swansea went up without spending a bunch of money. Okay, they did mm-hmm. come down. But, there were, you know, you can get there without just chucking, chucking money at it. Leicester are yeah. doing the opposite. They've got high profile, high salary players. Well, you and I have, uh, you know, we have the unimitable, I was just a badge of honour for watching both of our teams um, lose 1-0 against Hull at Wembley in the in the ultimate playoff final, like, you know what I mean? What so, Sunday. you know, I mean, that, that, the, the whole City one there, it was indicative that football can win overall, depending of, you know, that you don't have to chuck money at it, mm-hmm. even though yeah. we did. So, <laughs> and, it just, and we tried, we tried. With Lee Johnson, we tried. And and I think, you know, going back very briefly to the kind of managerial kind of the, the projects that we've had, mm-hmm. Steve Lansdowne is very fond of people he already knows. He mm-hmm. sacked Danny Wilson for Brian Tinian. He uh, promoted Dean Holden. He uh, promoted Keith Millen when he probably shouldn't have done. Lee Johnson, he yeah. knew for years. Um, and none of them have worked. None of, mm-hmm. none of them have worked. Lee Johnson got more back in than... I'd say probably spent more money than probably the rest of our managers in our history. Absolutely. Eight million pounds on Thomas Callas. Just well, he's, he's not exactly setting, setting the world alight, is he? Now I tell you what. Listen, let's uh, before we we wrap this up. Then let's. Uh, what, what how do you think it's going to go? I mean, we've just got our first W of the season. You've got no gaffer on one hand. On the other hand, we're bloody rubbish. And you're not having the worst season in the world, like you know what I mean. So, I mean, it, yeah. it's one of those games that could go anywhere, right? Yeah, I, I honestly couldn't tell you. I honestly couldn't tell you. I think there's, I think there'll probably be a hangover from from the Pearson firing because mm-hmm. who, whatever else, the, the the team seemed to be right behind him. They seemed to mm-hmm. really enjoy playing for him. Um, Who's taking charge? Is it going to be his old number two or Curtis Fleming? Oh, Curtis. Curtis Flegger. Yeah. So I had, until we rocked up at our place, I had no idea he was still in the game, if I'm honest. <laughs> well, we, we had Adriano Basso as our goalkeeper coach the last couple of seasons, and he's gone on to bigger, better things. So, uh, you know, Has he? Where's he gone? Thing, I, 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 honestly, I couldn't tell you. As soon as they go, Has I... He joined some anti-COVID Jesus cult. Can I say that? <laughs> <laughs> probably that's 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 what he does that's what he does listen i uh hope you have a hope you have a good time watching it but not too good ladies and gents dan waters Hello from the, other side. the talk sport fan network is proudly teaming up with free for mental health awareness week this year as football fans we often pride ourselves on knowing everything from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. You've got all your mates round. You've got your McNugget chair boxes coming down the left wing, ready to go. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points back of the net. Lubosh! 
Automate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com for more information. See you later. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.